Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. For SEN America, this is the SEN NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Garraway, and sitting across the desk from me is my co-host, James Arthur. G'day, mate. Hello, Richard. How are you? Good, buddy. Long time no see. It's a bit too long, I think. I'm really having a tough time with this lack of NFL, although there's a lot of news, but I just want to watch a football game. Yeah, it's it's one of the longest off-seasons going around, and it's pretty tough. It's really tough. We still have a month till the draft, so I've been spending all my time studying on up on the draft because I'm a big loser. <laughs> no, I give it to you. Um, that's obviously what we're going to be working on today. We'll hit in the newsroom and we'll then move over to the draft. Jay has done a full first round mock draft, his own work. It's unique. We'll talk about that. But right now, let's get over the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast. Robert Griffin, RG3, Bobby Three Sticks gets signed to a two-year, $15 million, year, $15 million deal at the Browns. Yeah, this was a little bit of a surprise because he did visit Denver. And I thought he might have wanted to go to Denver, but they might not have wanted him. I'm not sure. But the interesting thing is now, does he start for them next year? Uh, probably. Well, they've already said they don't want McCown anymore. So Hugh Jackson's made that clear. He'll either be cut or traded. So he'll be cut, and no one will trade well, for him. Why do you say that? Because you take all all the draft, all the trade possibilities, just throw them out the window. I'm pretty sure when you're trying to trade a, a mediocre quarterback, and you're going to teams to try and trade, they know he has no value. So, I bet you might know. get a seventh rounder or. Someone else's compensation. Pick yeah, but or if something. someone, but someone, if someone wants him, they'll give you that anyway. So it's really a matter of saying, look, we don't want him, take him. You know, the way this deal is structured, it's one year deal. Most of the money's up front. The second year, I think, is only about three or four million dollars. Yeah. So most of it's much. up front. There's some incentives and stuff like that. But this is basically a one year deal. Two part question. First part: Will he be the day one starter, or sorry, the week one starter? For the Browns, and two, will he be the Week 16 starter? Look, two very, very different questions. Yes, he'll be the Week 1 starter, in my opinion. I think the Browns have made a really good decision here. They've taken a guy who's had, you know, obviously had his problems. Let's 
not forget, he was rookie of the year. Injuries have destroyed him and his confidence is gone. Hugh Jackson has shown the ability to coach quarterbacks well. Look what he did with Andy Dalton last year. Andy Dalton was pretty bad the year before. Yep. He, he had an outstanding year last year. he got hurt last year, he was in the MVP race. So he can, if he can get his footwork right, like he did with Andy Dalton, the sky's the limit. The other reason I like it is it is not a great quarterback draft, in my opinion. I think, and who knows, they might end up being okay, but from the tape and from the, the hype around these quarterbacks, there's no Andrew Luck. There's no Robert Griffin when he came out. It's not even a Marcus Mariota. Exactly. There's no real top-line number one quarterback. So what they're buying themselves is a year. The fans will like RG3. He's exciting, hopefully. Um and basically, they give him a year, when they've, which they've paid him for. If he plays really well, then they don't have to draft a quarterback next year. If he sucks, they simply cut him, and you draft a quarterback, which you're going to have the same opportunity if he sucks to get a quarterback next year. You're going to be picking inside the top five again. Yep, and it changes the draft day massively. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that when we get to it later on, exactly. speaking about the draft. Um, next, Jared Cook signs a two-year deal with Green Bay. Love this. Absolutely love it. He gives Green Bay an element. Let's put into perspective, Randall Cobb was pretty banged up last year. They're going to get Jordy Nelson back. Hopefully, Randy Cobb, Randall Cobb will be healthy. And then you add Jared Cook, who is a very, very good receiving tight end. He had a couple of really good years in St. Louis. He didn't have a great year last year, but let's put this in perspective. All they want to do is run the ball there, yet... He's not known for his blocking. He's a receiving tight end. He had something like 1,800 yards and 12 touchdowns over the past three seasons in St. Louis, which is very good for a tight end. So I think it's a great signing by them. Aaron Rodgers will be able to get him open all the time. I think it's it's fantastic. Only a two-year deal, much like the, the Robert Griffin deal. It's all in the first year. So if it doesn't work out after his season, you can, you can walk away. And Green Bay don't sign a lot of free agents. They no. do a lot of their work internally, through the draft, developing their own players. But I'm with you. This guy doesn't miss many games. You know, last three years in St. Louis, he's played every single game. Um, You know, he's had good production without having great production. I think he Um, had one, his second year in St. Louis, I think he had a really good year. That was certainly the best one. He had 52 receptions that year and about 630-odd yards um, and three touchdowns. Although his first year in St. Louis, he had 51 receptions for 60. 670 yards and five touchdowns. And let's so, remember, and what quarterback has he had thrown to him in St. Louis the last three years? Exactly. And it's a team that only want to run the ball as well. So you take all that into perspective, you put him in, in Green Bay where they will throw the ball, I think it's a really good move. I just think it, it adds another element to that offense, which they haven't had a good tight end since Jermichael Finley you know, hurt his neck and had to retire from the NFL. Yep, and they should get Jordy Nelson back, and that offense starts to look a yeah, hell of a lot better be than it did last year. one of the best offense in the league. Eddie Lacy's already lost a lot of weight, so it looks like he's taking what McCarthy has said to him to heart. So I think, you know, Graham Packers really... He is a big guy. Graham Packers rarely make bad moves in free agency, mainly because they don't sign guys. This is a cheap signing, and it's a good player. So I like it. Yep, me too. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking to trade or extend backup quarterback Mike Glennon. Um, Why would you extend him? Yeah, I was... Unless he's happy to be a backup quarterback, which he might be, and that might be what his career ends up being. But he's always been pretty um, verbal about wanting to be a starter. And when he did start, he wasn't the worst quarterback in the world. So no, he was probably... In that year when we had... Oh, what do we have? <laughs> Four different quarterbacks start yeah, that year. Yeah, he was the best. He was probably the best out of all And he was a rookie. It's his third year now. So He's, he's a big, tall, lanky guy. Got a, his... got a powerful arm. Yep. I think, well, God, a team like Denver do, could well, do with one. What would you give up if you were Denver? No more than a fifth-round pick. 
Exactly. And that's probably too much. I'd, I'd say to him, look, you can battle for the starting job every year, but you know what's probably going to happen? Here's an extension offer. Sign it if you want it. Yeah, you can be the backup quarterback behind Winston. And there's nothing wrong with that. If Glennon can buy into that role, which a lot of guys like Jason Garrett's a prime example when he was a player, a lot of people don't realize he was a career backup to Troy Aikman for about eight or nine years. And when he played, they won games because that's what his role was and he was good at it. Um, He knew he couldn't compete to start in the NFL and he accepted that and took that role. If Glennon will take that, him and Jameis Winston can have a fantastic relationship with a, a solid backup that you'll never have to get concerned about with injuries. Backup quarterback behind someone like, or either of the Mannings through their career because they just never got hurt. It is the best job in the whole world. You get four million bucks a year to sit in meetings. Exactly. You never get hit. Yep. You're not going to get beaten up. You chuck your gear on game day, whack your baseball cap on, and yep. that's it. You basically they, best job in the world. I think the best backup, um, best backup quarterbacks are guys who actually are coach. They actually try and coach, and that's what Charlie Whitehurst has been around the league for so long because they think he's a better coach than he is a football player. And from watching him play quarterback last year, they're probably right. <laughs> but that's kind of how you get by in that league as a backup. Now, if Glennon wants to buy into that, then good on him. But I, I get the feeling he wants to start. And I think this is the buck saying, if you want him, you can come and get him. We're not, we're not attached to him. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens with it, though. Yep. Speaking of quarterbacks who haven't been traded yet, Colin Kaepernick still finds, him, still finds himself at the 49ers. And it's, it's getting real bitchy now because he doesn't want to be there. They've tried to trade him and it hasn't worked out. Now he's saying, I don't want to be at the 49ers. It could end up being really ugly if the season starts and they haven't got him a deal for him or move him anywhere because what if he just decides you know what I don't want to play for you guys I'm holding out I'm done either you trade me or I'm not playing how many years has he got left on his deal two yeah it was a, he never should have signed that deal that was such a team friendly deal it was one of the worst deals I've ever seen for a quarterback and like it, it looked everyone great on compares paper, it to Andy Dalton but, but Andy Dalton's was much better he had a much much more um, easily reachable goals but Kaepernick, he only earned something like $1.7 million last year for a starting quarterback. So, And that's the thing. Whether If they keep him on the roster as well, it'll, it boosts up this year. So it'll, they'll have to pay him something like $14 million. You'll want him to be starting at that sort of money. I'm pretty sure you'll find that deadline's already passed. His money this year's so, guaranteed. So they've, they've got to trade him now if they want to get rid of that money. I won't trade him. He'll, well, be, unless, he'll be the week so one. Unless oh, Denver get desperate. Same question I asked before. Will he be the week one starter? Yep. Hundred percent. I, I think, think so unless too. Glenn, unless um, what's his name can beat him out. What's he? What's their backup? Gabbert can beat him out. Which God, I don't think he can. Uh, as I said last year, he had a few good games, but he had I, a few I've okay seen, games. I've seen more than enough Blaine Gabbert to know. Yeah, he sucks. Agreed. Agreed. Like, he is a just a really ordinary football player. <laughs> like, <laughs> tell us what you really think. Well, I think I did. But he's he's just not going to do anything for you. Yeah, look, we had a big signing. The Bengals signed the recently cut Carlos Dansby. He was at the Browns the last couple of seasons. Been a bit of a journeyman throughout his career, but he's certainly a very good football player. I think adding him to that defense can make that defense go to an elite status because that's one place they've struggled at middle linebacker. I think he's got one, maybe two really good years left in him before he needs to hang up his boots. So I really like that signing. Not a lot of money, a couple of years. I think it's a great, it's a great deal. Again, it's a good team signing, a good role player, and that's all he's going to be. Yep, I think he'll probably only play maybe first and second down. Well, he's actually, um, it's he's more of a coverage guy. Well, so then, Ray Maluga is their middle linebacker who 
could not cover you, Richard. He is <laughs> I reckon so he probably could. Well, I don't know. He's very <laughs> slow, but he's very good at stopping the run. They want, they've already discussed, they want to use them as the tandem that Carlos Dansby will come in and take over those third down roles of passing situations. Well, this is his 13th year in the league. Yeah, he's an you old know, guy. You've got to be able to play to last that long. Yep, he had his first sort of six or seven odd seasons at the Cardinals. As you said, you know... Journeyman, he's been around for a while. Didn't he but go Browns back to Cardinals? Then no, he went Cardinals, Dolphins, then back to Cardinals for one Browns, year, and then yeah. to the Browns for the last. And two And he was years. very good at the Dolphins as Look, well. So he's last a good year was pretty good. I mean, he played all sixteen games. He had over a hundred tackles. Um, he had three interceptions. Um, geez, two, two of them were for TDs. Yeah, bloody hell. He, he's a very and two good forced fo- fumbles. He's a very good football player for a guy who's been in the league that long. And I'm just running my finger down all the the totals here. His stats have always stayed pretty solid. Yep, he's a, like very, he's good a very consistent football player, and as you said, that deal is a yeah you know, a relatively friendly one. Yep, so it won't break the bank, and it gives the Bengals another. Much like we talked about, Jared Cook at Green Bay it gives them a really solid football player. Um, this is one I don't like: Saints signing Nick Fairley. So no one's ever doubted Nick Fairley's football ability. He has an issue with keeping his weight down. He has an issue with alcohol abuse. And he's, a fair way to put it. he's gone to New Orleans, now, where you eat a lot and drink a lot. If We've you, both been there, Rich. If you haven't been to New Orleans, the food is awesome. The drink is awesome. The nightlife is uh, pretty good. It's very good. There are a lot of distractions down there. I don't know about this signing. He was rumoured to, to be signing with the Patriots, and it was basically all but done deal. And then all of a sudden, he was at, he was at uh, the Saints. So, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think it's going to work. He did have an okay year in St. Louis last year, and he was very good in Detroit before that. So, he's definitely got talent. It's just whether he can, you know, keep it all together in, in New Orleans. Hopefully, he does. And, God, that Saints that Saints team needs some, some good defenders because they're very bad. That was one of the worst defenses oh, ever. Epically. So, they, they certainly need him to be good, and I just don't know if it's going to work out for them. It's only a one-year deal, so it's really a hit or miss. It's a pretty you know, low-risk, high-reward sort of deal. He could end up being very good. If if someone can get to him and get him on the straight and narrow, yeah. he could be great. The problem that you have there, though, if, if he has, say he has a monster year and makes Pro Bowl and all that kind of stuff, he's only on a one-year deal. Yeah, he's, he he's, a, he's a money chaser. He just goes to the highest. And, he will just go. And quite frankly, what is he, four years into the league? Five Would this years. be his fifth this, year? This will be his sixth year going sixth into year now. now. Okay. Yeah. He's got to grab it now. Yeah. Because if it if he has a bad year this year, this could be it. Well, he's gone off two one-year deals. So, yeah. yeah. And he was pretty good in St. Louis last year. So he's pr- And he still only gets a one-year deal after being very good. So And they uh, used him in an interesting way last year because he wasn't starting. No, he was a, he was a run it, stuffer. Yeah. They used him in you know as the third interior guy. And he was very good at it. They had him and Brock, Michael Brock as their other good D tackle, which they're just full of them. He was more the pass rusher. They just split their time and fairly did his role very adequately. So I thought he was going to end up at the Seahawks, to be honest, because it's something they could do with, but they couldn't get a deal done there either. So interesting enough, he's yep, he's in, he's in St. Louis. So that, oh, sorry, he's in New Orleans, which should be fun for him. Finishing off the new segment with a Aussie flavour. Jared Hayne, now we saw an unofficial 49ers depth chart come out. Um, he is now sixth mm. in the running back depth chart. If I was him, Jay, I'd be pretty concerned with that. He is basically starting from scratch. He is he's starting again. Now, 
I don't know how Chip Kelly likes his running backs, but I know he likes them to be downhill. And so, talented. So I did lie. I know how he likes his running backs. He likes downhill runners. Um, I would say he's got an uphill battle to make that roster. But in saying that, Rich, we hammered him last offseason and he, said and there's no us. way he's going to make it. Showed us. And he made us look a fool. And we've asked him to come on the show so we could apologize to him and you know tell him how bad we feel about it. Because I don't know about you, Richie, but I don't feel bad about it. But I assumed you did. No, not really. Okay, well, good and, luck and to him, he, but you're, he's, he's gonna behind block, a lot of players. If he's going to block me on Twitter, I don't want you on my show anyway. Yeah, he blocked us. <laughs> blocked us for asking him to come on our show. He's a good Aussie boy. Like, help us out. That's all right. Which We're, obviously isn't true. He won't even <laughs> acknowledge our existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not even on his radar yet, but that's okay. We'll, we'll get there, Rich. Um, yeah, as I said, he's got an uphill battle. It's a completely new Long coaching staff. You know, good thing is Chip Kelly's shown in the past that he can be tricked really easily. So maybe Jared Hayne can, can trick him into thinking he's a good player. Could he needs be. to get his punt returns going. That's where he, that's his best shot. Yeah, yeah. He, he was okay at that last year, and, and, he, shot, that, and he just shot. shot himself in the foot with it. So yep. coming up next, we'll be taking a look at the upcoming NFL draft. James, the NFL draft is not far away. You've spent countless hours. <laughs> it's quite sad, actually. Putting together your very own mock draft, and people are going to be able to take this and compare it. None of it is stolen. No. It's all your own work. It'll go yep. up on the sen.com.au website. What I'll, look, I'll explain basically how I, how I did this. Now, obviously, I don't have access to hundreds of hours of tapes on each player, so I can't watch and do my own assessment, which is... For me, the loser I am really disappointing because there is nothing more I would love to sit and watch Laramie Tunsil play right, play left tackle for hundreds of hours and, and assess him myself. So what I did is I took three, seven, sorry, seven of the guys I really respect: Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, um, Mel Kiper. Uh, seven guys, the scouts in the NFL. I took their top fifty players and I read and I assessed from their. Basically, their assessments. I assess what I gain, what I deem important and unimportant in my mind as a football player, and I wrote my own, basically my own um, ranking and report on the player, and then I put them all into a into a pile, and I started a draft, and I picked the guys I wanted as I went. So I actually wrote all the reports for each player before I did my draft. So, and then I just picked guys as I thought putting myself in the shoes of that team and I picked the way I thought they should go, the way I think they should go. So a lot of it will be wrong, um, but that's life. And you know what? You look at the NFL scouts as well. They rarely get it right as well. So hey, look, The second there's a trade... It throws, it throws it everything off. Anyway, the second so. someone takes a quarterback at three and then the four quarterbacks go in the next seven picks, it, it happens. Blows it all but out. you know what? I've done from what the team needs. I've done my best assessment. And it's all for fun to give us a, a set, have Jay put his balls on the line, for yeah. short of a better word, so we can pick on him later when he's completely wrong. So with the first pick, the Tennessee Titans select. Laramie Tunsil, O-tackle, old Miss. This guy is the best rated player in the draft. To be honest, I think Tennessee, and they've been pretty clear about it, are trying to get out of that number one pick. But with, them, with there being no team will trade up for a tackle, they'll trade up for a quarterback if there's one there. But there's no out-and-out number one quarterback. So I think they'll have to pick it. Um, Laramie Tunsil is, you know, he's got good size, good strength, good power. He is a prototypical left tackle. 
He does struggle moving players in the run game. That's his weakness. He's more of a seal and and collapse blocker, which what I mean by that is he's intelligent enough to understand where the play is going, and he will put his body between the defender and where the running back wants to go. Um, He doesn't have power. He's got great hands. He'll rework them when he loses inside leverage. All in all, he is by far the best player in the draft. And I think the Tennessee Titans would be mad not to pick him. They can move Taylor Lamont over to right tackle, and it basically makes that offensive line two positions better by taking him. Um, it reminds me a lot of what the Cowboys did when they took Tyrone Smith four or five years ago, sh- shuffling Doug Free, moving another guy into guard. It makes you a lot better. Yeah. So that O-line's already good. They signed Vasquez and Ben Jones, the center, and they've got Chance Warmack at right guard, who was a top 10 pick a couple of years ago. So that O-line's very good. They can give DeMarco Mar- Mariota and... Sorry, DeMarco Murray and Marcus Mariota. So you what merged they need. them into one yeah, person. They're one person now. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's what I saw there. I... I- I look from everything I read. I agree. I do watch a lot of SEC football as well. I've seen him play over the Just last sees, handful of years. Sees pro day yesterday. Yeah, he he oh my God. he has the entire skill set. He's extremely flexible. He's quick. He's powerful. He's got the one thing you can't teach: height and length. He will start first game every game. Yep. For and you five don't you don't plus. miss on left. You don't miss on offensive linemen this talented very often. Guys rated this high. There's I think there's like. One in fifty, or two, two in fifty, or something. I read the other day that actually end up being busts. The rest of them end up being solid starters, yeah. and that's what you're looking for. And they all got picked by Atlanta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with the second pick, the Cleveland Browns select Jalen Ramsey, safety slash cornerback, Florida State. Um, the best way to describe this guy is Honey Badger 2.0. Honey Badger is Tyron Matthew from the Cardinals, who was instrumental in that defense last year till he got hurt. He's long and he's fast. His short area speed is second to none. He closes on players just so quickly. He's a great tackler. Um, he basically is, in my opinion, I know I said that Tunsil is the, the most ra- best rated player in the draft. I think Jalen Ramsey is the best player in the draft. I wanted to try and get him to fall to the Cowboys at four, but when I was no sitting chance. there with my with my Cleveland hat on, you can't let this slip. He will play safety in the NFL. I think that's where he's best suited, um, and he will. He, he's just such a good football player. He's so instinctive. Yeah, uh, that, he knows I think what to that's do. what separates him. The, the, to question your pick, um, the cat, the Cowboys. God, now you got me saying it. <laughs> the Browns have just added RG three, which yep. has a humongous question mark. Do you think there is still a chance that they take a quarterback at two? Yes, absolutely. There's still a chance of that. But as I said, when I was putting my my hat on and what I think should happen, if I was in their position, I'd be riding the I'd be riding the luck tra- the RG three train for a season because you're going to get the, the quarterbacks in this draft. Well, the two good ones, Carson Wentz, is the main one who they think is they're going to pick here. He's no better rated than a lot of quarterbacks that have come through the draft in the past, and he'll be no better rated than the guys that come through next year. I think you've got RG3, you pick up Jalen Ramsey, he could make your defense dynamic. Um, they went defense last year and made some pretty good picks. Their O-line's solid. I think this makes sense. You can pair him up with Hayden. They've also got Justin Gilbert, who was a first-round pick a couple of years ago, who improved a lot last year. You get those three guys working together. You can certainly create. A, you can create a good defense, and then you can start from there. The offense has enough. Doesn't has too many holes. There's no wide receiver. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon is apparently going to be back this year. That'd but, be exciting. But who knows? He he might get suspended again. We just don't know. I think 
you shore up this defense, and then you can worry about the offense next season. If RG3 shows promise, then you can build some players around him. Pick three, San Diego Chargers. Joey Bosa, defensive end, Ohio State. Um, honestly, this was, for me, um, out of Miles Jack and Joey Bosa. The reason I didn't go with Miles Jack is because he doesn't play the scheme that the um, that the Chargers play. They play a 3-4. Joey Bosa is the best defensive lineman in the draft, in my opinion. He's a run stuffer. Um, he has strong hands. He's got fast hands, an impeccable ability to shed blocks. He... Guys, offensive tackles have a lot of trouble staying on him. Um, he has such a big motor. However, his pass rushing isn't elite. He he's a hard worker, so he will get there. But it's not he's not a speed rusher on the edge. So it's why I feel he's suited for that hybrid interior defensive lineman that the Chargers will play in that three four. Um, he's certainly not a dynamic player, but he could be very productive, and that's what I see him as a productive player, much like Chris Long has been for St. Louis for for a lot of years. He, that's how I compare him. Um, he's not JJ Watt, so no one should be no. thinking that's what he is. He's no. not big enough, and he doesn't have that that twitch. So that's just the bottom line. Your Dallas Cowboys at number four. Uh, Miles Jack, linebacker, UCLA. I really want the Cowboys to get Jalen Ramsey, but I don't think it's going to happen. Miles Jack is one of the most complete players in the draft. He played nickel, linebacker, safety, outside linebacker, inside linebacker, defensive end. He played every single position in his college career. Um, against the run, he closes gaps with explosiveness. He shows power and punch to fight off blocks at the point of attack. Um, but his real strength is his coverage. He can cover anyone on the field. He mirrors slot receivers. He mirrors, mirrors tight ends. He covers running backs out of the backfield. No one in college gave him even a little bit of trouble, which makes me think he's going to be able to cover a lot of guys in the NFL, especially tight ends and running backs. Um, all I can think of is if you can get him paired with Sean Lee, who is up there as one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL, uh, these two guys can become a, just a dynamic tandem. You're uh, concerned with him coming off some health injuries he in his d- yeah, last he, year? he did hurt his knee. Not seriously. He will be ready for, for OTAs. He didn't didn't he only completed the bench press at the combine. I just think, you know what, if if it ends up burning you, you have to eat it because this guy's too good to pass up. You pass him up and the Jacksonville Jaguars take him next and he ends up being a superstar and you miss out. I think these are the guys that you have to take the risk on, much like when the Texans took Clowney, which hasn't worked out yet. Hopefully it does, but you can't let those guys leave. They're too good. So, you know, and there's also the chance that the Chargers will try and take him and put him in their scheme, which I think would be a mistake, but there's a chance they still try because he's that good a player. Pick five, Jacksonville Jaguars. DeForest Buckner, defensive tackle Oregon. This is a guy who, who played... In the three-four scheme, he's six foot seven and two hundred ninety-one pounds. He is very long. He is almost impossible to beat in in the running game because he just extends those long arms and keeps offensive linemen at bay. He's not super powerful, but he makes up for it with his length and he's got terrific technique. Um, he can get caught with his pad level a little bit too high, which can cause smaller, more stout linemen to get underneath him, which is a problem. But all in all, if the Jaguars pair him with Sanderic Marks, who's already a very good defensive tackle, and their number three pick, Dante Fowler Jr. from last year, who hurt his knee, it can make this defensive line really, really exceptional. For straight talent, a lot of people have got this guy higher. It's really only needs yep. that are bringing him down to where he is. If you've watched any Oregon football He's in the last three years, you've seen this guy. Well, it was like, him and, and, and they had Eric Armstead as well the year before, both of them. They were just monsters. He's... 
he is going to be a very good player. He's one of those guys that you see his ceilings probably to be a pro bowler and his flaws to be an above-average starter. Like, there's just not... You can't see how he can't succeed. You can't see how he can't be a 10-year NFL player unless injuries get get hold of him. But um, he's an outstanding football player and I think a great pick for them at five because that's what they need to build. They need to build that O-line and, and D-line. They're focused on the O-line the last couple of years. It's time to get that defense up and about. Pick six, the Baltimore Ravens. They had all sorts of dramas last year with injuries. I mean, we talked about earlier how many free agents they've got because of all the people they had to sign during the year. Where do you see him going with the pick six? Look, I've got them taking Reggie Ragland, the linebacker out of Alabama. I, I tossed up with Vernon Hargraves, the cornerback from Florida, but I just think it's too early. I don't think he's talented enough to take that early. Reggie Ragland is has great size, athleticism. He's a, He would be a very effective middle linebacker. You pair him up with the other former Crimson Tide linebacker, Mosley, you put those two together playing in the middle, it could give the Ravens what they love, which is a great defense. They've already got a dominant defensive line. They've got some good outside players. They need to get that those middle linebackers short up because they're a team that loves to play two all of the time. So you, you need both of them. He has the power to shut off blocks. He's a good blitzer. Um, he can get beat with quickness in coverage. He's more of a straight line speed guy. Um, then he hasn't got great agility, but as a second middle linebacker in that scheme, they will blitz him a lot. He can cover, he can blitz, he can play, he can stop the run. He's a good all-round player, a day-one starter, in, in my opinion. There's a lot of people who'd say you're reaching to go up and get get Reggie Reglan there. There's a there's a lot of other good um, good players. Is that the couple of guys out of Notre Dame, um, Jalen Smith. Um, yeah, and, and Ronnie Stanley. I know they're going to be in the first round, but... Yeah. Joel, Jalen Smith is coming off severe knee injuries. So there's a chance he won't even play next year. It's it's, it's a bit of a Marcus Lattimore thing. Yeah. He would probably be the number one pick in the draft if he was healthy. So that's where I've gone there. Um, and the other court, the other linebacker you just mentioned, he is a 4-3 linebacker. So he just doesn't just suit scheme. Suit. And that's, that's the bottom line. You've got to look at how guys suit schemes. You can't just... In the NFL... You, it's not local football. You can't just draft a guy and chuck him into your scheme and find a way to make it work. They're all specifically designed and they're built to play certain positions. Um, you know, there's offensive linemen that can't man block because they've played zone blocking schemes their whole career. You have to find the right match, and I just thought that was the best match at that point. Obviously, if Jalen Smith was happy, was sorry, was I'm sure he's happy. If he was healthy, he would be there, but unfortunately, he's not. So that's that. That was my mindset there. But yes, it could be seen as a reach. But I think much like AJ Hawk when Green Bay took him early, mm-hmm. he will give you ten years of being a solid football player, which a lot of people don't rate that early in the draft. But it's still very important than. A guy is going to you know have one or two good years and then do nothing. Pick seven, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, we got the first quarterback off the board, Carson Wentz, North Dakota State. He's you know he's an, he's an enticing blend of size, ability, and toughness. He has enough velocity to make all the throws and good and short intermediate accuracy. He does struggle throwing the ball downfield, but it's not due to lack of arm strength. It's due to technique and, and accuracy, which is something you can improve. Um, he throws really well on the move and can throw from multiple arm positions, which what I mean by that, he doesn't have to be sitting with his feet under him and his arm coming over the top to make a perfect throw. Runs with the ball well, and he's very tough to take down. I think he's the best quarterback in the draft, and he could fit Chip Galley's spread option system really well. There are lots of concerns about somebody like that coming out of a a school like North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. He hasn't played in front of 100,000 in the big house. He hasn't played in front of 50,000 anywhere 
he hasn't had the constant pressure on him that a Division One school would have. And also, I don't know if a, a Chip Kelly style of offense is the best fit for him. It's an interesting pick. I don't know if I'd have the balls to go with the kid at Divi 2. I've always liked Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. Yeah, but and Jared that's probably Goff. Probably where I would go. The problem with Jared Goff that I found, and I, and I actually did watch a lot of footage on Jared Goff because he's someone that's very easily accessible to find footage on. He is not a mover, and what Chip Kelly likes is a guy he can move. He can move with, and also Jared Goff played under center his entire his entire college career. He hasn't played in the gun. No, he played in the gun the entire senior season. Sorry, I got the other way around. Sorry, Carson Wentz. Played under center and in the gun, so he's yes. more experienced for what Chip Kelly wants to do. I've got it, got it mixed around the wrong way. He he, Chip Kelly likes to play under center and in the gun a lot. Carson Wentz can do that. Whereas Jared Goff, and this this is the thing, it's much of a muchness. They're both really good quarterbacks, but I just thought when you look at the scheme, I think that that Carson Wentz was a better fit. And watching them both throw the ball, Carson Wentz has the better arm. Do you think 49ers goes quarterback there for sure? No, not for sure. Like you, you never know what they're going to do. They might decide to take Ezekiel Elliott. You, you don't know. Um, but I think it's all going to come down to what happens with Kaepernick. I think if Kaepernick gets traded, they definitely go quarterback. If he's still around, then maybe Chip Kelly tries to hold on. Maybe they take you know a Vernon Hargraves or something like that. Um, the, the problem with this draft is, Rich, that you've got six top guys, in my opinion. You've got Miles Jack, Tunsil, Joey Bosa... Ezekiel Elliott, um, my, did I say Miles Jack? You've got you've only yeah. got f- six top guys, and the rest are all kind of around about. You, once they're gone, you've just got to find fits. You've just got to find needs. Um, oh, sorry, DeForest Buckner is the other one, but yeah, you just need to find and Jalen Ramsey. You, you just need to find needs there. He suits their system, and he can run it well. Whether they they pull the, they bite the bullet there, whether they take um, Jared Goff. Time will tell. They might go completely different. They might yep. go defense. They might take a, a flyer on Jalen Smith. We don't know, but I would say he, in my opinion, from what I've seen and what I've read, he's the best quarterback for them at that spot. They might trade out. I don't know. Yep. Who does? Pick eight, Philadelphia Eagles. Ezekiel Elliott, running back, Ohio State, I think is a steal here. He is a pure three-down running back, excellent out of the backfield, and is he's outstanding in pass protection which is what every NFL team's looking for in a running back. It's the areas that are hard to teach guys. Um, he runs with great balance. He's got a terrific sidestep. Has the speed to go outside, but doesn't like doing it. He likes going north and south, which is suiting that um, you know that Pedersen, which is Andy Andy Reid's system of getting downhill in the running game. Um, he'll be a great fit for the zone running style uh, and a pretty good upgrade from Ryan Matthews, in my opinion. Teeny bit of a reach? No, no. He is by far one of the most talented players in the draft. He probably, this is probably a steal here once it's all said and done. I'm really confident about this pick. I think Ezekiel Elliott could even go early. I think he could even go to the Cowboys. He's that talented. Oof. That's what that, well, there's just so many. He will go in the top 10. I'd take him that high. I certainly wouldn't if I was the Cowboys, as you've seen. I don't think it's worthy when you've got Alfred Morris and McFadden, but the Eagles could get a very good player here. Okay, pick nine is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My crappy Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who have you got to take it, mate? Uh, Vernon Hargraves, cornerback, Florida. Thank you. He's Our one- secondary sucks. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, awful. It's, this is purely a need pick, and you'll find I've got a lot of cornerbacks going in the first round that probably are a little bit reachy, 
but teams need them. You have to find the cornerbacks in this league now to compete with all the good wide receivers. He's one of the fastest players in the draft, can go with any player at the NFL level. His size is a concern, though. He doesn't close on the ball to create turnovers at a great level. So, you know, he's more of a slot guy. Um, he got beaten on a lot of plays due to, due to not being able to locate the ball and play the ball because of his size. Um, on a positive note, though, he is fiery and will compete all day, and that's what you want in a cornerback. It's all about competition. He has the ability to play on the outside, but he's much more suited to the slot. If the Bucks can get a good pass rush going, they can create some pass rush, then he'll be perfect because he's a great he's great at pressing them off the line, he's and he won't a, get beaten man quickly. Man. He won't get beaten quick, man. and that's the main thing. Um, and he's he's a real prospect. He, also, it's Vernon Hargraves the third. Oh, the third. So sorry. let's make sure we get his name right. Yeah, Vernon Hargraves the third. He's got two other Vernon Hargraves in his family. So look, that, that that's where I saw them going there. Uh, I know it's your team. Would you be happy with that pick if they got him? Yep. Obviously, they're not going to get Jalen Ramsey, secondary, who's the best. After what Lovey Smith did to our secondary last year by just bringing in all his old Chris failed Conte. guys, we need help in that area. And we've been addressing it. You, you have agency. one good corner whose name is completely slipping my mind right now. Vernon. Yeah. Yeah. He is a so, ultra and Verner. He is a solid corner. And you need two, though. You need two or three in the NFL now because you well, play nickel most of the time. And look who we have to play against in our division. Yeah, I mean, got some pretty good teams. They're going to be throwing it all over the Drew place. Drew Cam Newton. Yeah, so that, that's that's what I saw fitting there. I said he might be a little bit of a reach, but in terms of pure athleticism, he's got that, which is, as you said before, you can't teach athleticism. You can teach football. So they'll get him in there and work on that. Very true. With the 10th pick, the New York Giants, what direction do they go? Jalen Smith, linebacker Notre Dame. This is a huge risk, but the linebackers are playing their cards pretty pretty wildly at the moment with free agency. They've gone huge. This is a guy that if he was not hurt, now just for everyone's aware, he tore, basically had a full knee reco after the Fiesta Bowl, which is the last game of the college season for them. So he will be unlikely to play until mid-season, but if he can get healthy again, he is by far the best football player in this draft. He is a great blitzer. He's ultra twitched up. Now, twitched up is a really what I learned is a extremely common scouting term. Basically, what it means is twitched up is going any direction like lightning. He is just – and it, it kind of says what it is. He's ultra twitched up, great explosiveness. He plays the run with power. He attacks linemen, meets them in the hole, has great arm strength. A dynamic blitzer with great timing and burst. He's just actually, I've watched some highlights of him. He's a pleasure to watch, to be honest. And the Giants, it is a risk for them, but the, it just could be such a huge reward that I think it's worth it. I just don't think you can do it there. <laughs> I, don't, I know. It's I a, just don't it think is a you huge can do risk, it. and it's easy for me to sit in behind my computer and make that decision. But with the other linebackers in the draft, there's not many, and they need a linebacker so desperately. It's their need by such a long way. You put him, if you can get him healthy enough to run around behind that D-line, he will make a lot of plays. If they're looking at Notre Dame, you could look at the tackle Ronnie Stanley. Because that, that, the Giants, only reason the O-line like was bad last year was because of injury. They get Will Beatty back from injury. They got Lane Johnson. Sorry, they don't have Lane Johnson. He's their other guy. They got Flowers, who they drafted in the first round last year. They've taken care of that O-line. They need to let those picks develop. 
So Ooh. yes, there are guys there, and yes, it's risky. But it's such. A, I was, and you know what? It probably won't happen. You could take. But someone will take this risk. Okay, early. if they're not going to take it, would they look at a, a I don't know a, a Shaq Lawson DN from Clemson direction instead? I think there's better pass rushers than Shaq Lawson. Um, and why would they take a pass rusher when you've just signed a million Vernon and pass Pierre rushes. Paul? What are you going to put a guy on the bench? Uh, look, Jalen Smith has said he's, he's risky, but if it wasn't him, you'd probably go in the, another. They're, they're going to they're take a linebacker. They they need it so badly. Um, maybe Reggie Ragland doesn't go early and he's still available there for them and they take him instead. But again, he's more of a 3-4 guy. So you've got to look at scheme fit as well. It's this it's very difficult because you go, oh, well, this guy's a great player. Oh, no, he's just had serious knee injuries. All right, well, they're not going to take him. What's another linebacker they could take? Because that's what they desperately need. Oh, well, there's no other. There's only two other guys, and they're both playing 3-4. So the next guy available is the 110th ranked player in Which the draft. Which you never take him. And you can't take round. him. So, you know, yeah, they might go defensive line, but they don't need that. They might go O-line again. So, you know, who knows? You don't know who will be there, but that's just from the way this draft went, that was the most obvious pick for me, and it's risky, but, man, the reward could be huge for them. They could get one of the best players in the NFL. Certainly could be. Pick 11 will be the Chicago Bears. Yep. Um, This is a guy who I think is the best pass rusher in the draft, Leonard Floyd. Um, He is ultra quick, exceptional pace, makes most of his plays without offensive tackles even getting a hand on him. Um, He is slight, but he gets through with great inside move. He will need to bulk up. He is a perfect fit for the Bears here in this 3-4 scheme. His edge rush is the best in the draft, So and that's what they need desperately. Uh, I think they'll definitely bite the bullet here. I think he's a little bit better than uh, Shaq Lawson purely because of his speed. A lot like um, Bud Dupree, who went to the Falcons last year. He plays a lot like that, but he's a little bit bigger. So, you know, he doesn't set the edge well, but in a 3-4, you don't desperately need that. That, that role you have. Get- you have that role gets mixed up. You have guys that can come over the top. You can have a safety down playing edge. Um, his inside moves are outstanding. Counters overstep because tackles have to step so quick to go with him. He just counters back inside so quick that they can't get back onto him. He's got all the moves. I think he's a great pass rusher, and I think he's a really good fit for um, for Chicago. Pick 11 will be the New Orleans Saints. Now, keep in mind, I did this before they signed um, fairly. Uh, I've gone with Jaron Reed, D-Tackle Alabama. He is the biggest guy I've ever seen. He's a monster. He's impossible to move in the run game. No one will move him on their own. Um, he keeps he easily keeps linemen at bay with incredible strength and power. As a pass rusher, he pushes the pocket, occasionally catches guards and centers with rips and swims, which are pass rushing moves. He's explosive over a short distance and closes on running backs and quarterbacks extremely quickly. Um, It's a terrible defense there. D-line, in my opinion, when you're trying to rebuild your defense, you start on the D-line. He is the best player available. They might go pass rusher here, but if if, um, Floyd's gone, who just went the pick before in mine, I think he's the next best player and could really solidify their inside. Would you have considered Sheldon Rankins out of Louisville there? Absolutely, and I did consider him, and he's, spoiler alert, not far off. He's coming pretty <laughs> soon. Um, but you yeah, tell I'm uh, not scrolling ahead. No, and um, I also considered Sean Robinson, who's also out of Alabama. But what I decided is that the Saints need that size inside to stop running games because teams just run all over them last season. So, yeah, that's where I went there. Pick 13 will be the Miami Dolphins. And here's your boy you are talking about before, Ronnie Staley, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. Um, 
not known for his ability to crush defenders. He's a, he's a finesse blocker with long arms, great intelligence, the most intelligent offensive lineman in the draft. He can be beaten by quicker rushers who attack his edge because his footwork's a little bit off. But if there's one thing that NFL teams can teach you, it's footwork. Yep. And they will absolutely hammer it through him. Um, rarely gets overpowered through his numbers. What I mean by that is guys rarely drive through him. He's just stout and powerful. Um, he'll be a great fit for Miami, either at right or left tackle. They do have a good left tackle, so they might put him at right tackle and swing Juwan James they took in the first round last season from Tennessee into guard, where he struggled with, with quickness and footwork, so they could probably roll him into guard, and you would instantly improve two positions on your offensive line, which was dismal last year. It certainly was. Uh, pick 14 will be the Oakland Raiders. Yep, and they go cornerback. They need it. It is by far their weaker spot. Eli Apple out of Ohio State. Rangy, long, uses length, great at pressing receivers. Very smooth when he opens up his hips and chases. Uh, very aggressive when driving on the ball, but has trouble playing it in the air downfield. That is a really common trait for young corners. They struggle playing that ball in the air. Um, I think going against a guy like um, Amari Cooper at training will really help him. Um, He's a great fit and could develop into a terrific starting corner, and that's what they need. Um, They drafted DJ Hayden a couple of years ago who hasn't worked out at all. They have, uh, you know, an okay corner there now. They need need one. So it's their biggest – this is, again, this cornerback, as I said, there's a few reaches for the cornerbacks because there's not a whole lot of them. They'll go early. Uh, but you just need to take him. When when you need someone that badly, you have to take him. Okay, what we're going to do here is we're going to split this up into two parts. We'll do pick 15. We'll do the second half of James's mock draft next week. We'll also put the first half up on the website, but we're up to number 15, LA. I don't know. I just love seeing that. Yeah, Every time I see exciting. Los Angeles somewhere, it's cool. I don't know why. Maybe it's St. Louis is boring, but the LA Rams, who have you got them taking? Jared Goff, quarterback, out of Cal. Um, he has a lot of the tools an NFL quarterback needs. He's tall, he's lean, he's super intelligent. Um, he doesn't have the most powerful arm, but can fit the ball into, into tight spots with really good anticipation and great accuracy. He doesn't run with the ball. He's a pocket quarterback. That's how he plays. Overall, he has the ability to manage an offense until he can develop into a great starting quarterback. With Todd Gurley in that defense there, it's a really good fit for him. He can sit and hand the ball off to Todd Gurley, make some quick underneath throws to Tavon Austin, screens, whatnot, and get some run, get some offense going for them. He's certainly an upgrade from Case, Kane, from Case Keenum and Nick Foles. So I think it's a good fit. There, I'm inclined to agree. I think LA's going to make a splashy pick, whatever they do here. So if it's not a quarterback... You need I, a quarterback for that franchise too. Yeah, exactly, to be the face of it. The only other thing I could see, if they didn't go quarterback there, is they could go wide receiver. So maybe a, a Corey Coleman yep. or a, a Laquan Treadwell out of Old Miss. Yep. It, it's got to be something splashy. It, it, it's just, an, as much as you hate to say it, it's the nature of the business. You need something. You, got, you need excitement. They're going to be playing in the LA Coliseum which is a big, big stadium. It holds 94,000 people. When there's tarps all over it, it looks really bad. They have to start well, and I think they need that splashy pick. I'm with you. I reckon they go quarterback there. I think they do, but this is the difficulty you'll have. If the Browns take a quarterback and then the Niners take Carson Wentz, then all of a sudden you've got them having to take Paxton Lynch, who, in my opinion, isn't a first-round caliber player, and that's when they can get caught out. You don't just want to draft a guy for the sake of drafting it. But with him available in, in my mock there, it's a it's a no-brainer pick for them. And if that happens, I reckon they go wide out. Yes, I, I, I don't agree. Think, I don't if think he's not available, go... yeah, they take the best wide receiver, who I think is Corey Coleman. 
Okay, that'll just about do it for today's podcast. What we will do, um, obviously jump on the SEN website. We'll also tweet out the link to James's mock, the first half, and all his reasons there. Uh, we'll continue the mock draft next week uh, with Detroit, who will have pick 16, uh, moving all the way through to our playoff teams. And, of course, in the absolute last spot will be Denver with the 31st pick. Um, as we said, we're getting this all on tape so I can tease James later when we do our uh, <laughs> our post-wrap um, post podcast. If you've got any comments or anything from any of this, please do tweet it at us, um, ask questions, um, rag on James, all that sort of good stuff. Tell him how stupid he is. Getting a Twitter war always entertains me in my feed. <laughs> so to finish off today, thanks for downloading the SEN NFL podcast. You can follow James on Twitter at Jartha6594. You can follow me at Richard03. Until next week, for James Arthur, for our producer Chris Tyler, who stayed silent all day. We love that. I'm Richard Garraway. Thanks for listening. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.